Aloha everyone, Ronnie Landis here with another episode of the official Ronnie Landis podcast show. And I'm also the founder of the Holistic Health Mastery Nutrition Certification Course. You can find more information on that at holistichealthmastery.com. In today's episode, I bring on a very good friend of mine and a colleague of mine, Romania Dean Thomas. And Romania is a very fascinating individual who has dedicated the last 12 to 15 years of his life studying Chinese herbalism, studying Chinese medicine, and primarily studying Chinese Taoist herbalism and health philosophy. And this conversation was incredible. We go to such depths of the Chinese herbal theory, how traditional Chinese medicine came to be, what's the difference between that and more of the Taoist theory, more of the holistic, functional approach to herbal medicine. We go into homeopathy. We go into all kinds of nooks and crannies that I actually have never heard explained on any other podcast featuring anybody to discuss this subject. This is the most unique interview I've ever been a part of or I've ever actually seen on Chinese herbalism, and I am very excited to bring it to all of you. This is one for the ages, one for the history books. So I actually just want to let you jump right into this. There's so much going on here. I want to also encourage all of you to follow Romania's work. You can follow him on Facebook. You can also check out his course. He has um, he has a tonic herbal course called the Gate of Life um, course, I think it is. And that's at thegateoflife.org. I really recommend you guys check it out if you're more interested in this subject matter. I highly encourage you guys enroll in it because it's a very unique educational platform that you can check out, um, and it's great in conjunction with my course for say if you really want to go deeper into raw foods and superfood nutrition and detoxification and all the different things that I offer, and I certainly go deep into Chinese herbalism, but um, to add something like this from a man like Romania is an incredible compliment. So I just want to put that out there. But without further ado, I would love to introduce our show with Romania Dean Thomas. Enjoy. Romania is a Taoist tonic herbalist in the Gate of Life lineage, a 5,000-year-old herbal system from China. In 1993, he met master herbalist Ron Teagarden and became his personal apprentice until 2006, when he formed the Shaman Shack. Romania studied Chinese medical diagnosis at Alhambra University and obtained a degree from Natural Healing College as Master Herbalist, but adheres to the title Master Tea Garden gave him as Superior Herbalist. He is a pending member of the American Herbalist Guild. Romania is adept in the 5,000-year-old healing discipline called the Gate of Life Lineage, which utilizes tonic herbs to maintain balanced health. He has written five books, including Raw Chi, Healing Thresholds, and The Sen, and is near completion of an online course, or I should say is completed, his online course in Taoist Herbal Philosophy and Tonic Herbalism in the Gate of Life Lineage. And you can find that at www.gateoflife.org. Romania created all Shaman Shack products and sources only the highest quality herbs. He is truly a front runner in his field and has taught and influenced many mendicants of tonic herbalism. Welcome to the show, Romania. Thank you, Ronnie. It's, I really appreciate you having me on. Man. 
Absolutely. It's it's absolutely an honor to have you on. And I've been thinking about this for quite some time. And now that we have this show on, it's a great platform to invite people such as yourself on that have so much wisdom, so much years of accumulated knowledge. I think of it kind of like a ginseng plant, right? That the longer the roots are in the ground, the longer that you have that ginseng incubating the environmental uh, wisdom of its environment, the more potent it is. So I'm really excited to dive in with you. <laughs> Thanks. Well, that is what you just said really is the essence of our lineage. It is, uh, we can learn this stuff as if, you know, out of a textbook or from a teacher. Um, but then uh, afterward, it really is living life and seeing life through the lens of what we learned. And uh, the, the objective of the teachings in our lineage is to uh, help one see life uh, through a more complex lens. And then after that, the wisdom part begins to unveil itself. And one spends the rest of one's life allowing that wisdom to, uh, to uh, you know, deepen and uh, mellow out and just uh, become all pervasive in everything that you see, really. Uh, it uh, the wisdom of life, the wisdom of the yin and yang in itself uh, is such a phenomenal uh, 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 law of life, of dualism that we experience in this life. And I think that the real essence of the gate of life lineage is, and Taoism, which uh, evolved out of it, is basically, you know, how do we live in, uh, in harmony between those two extremes, not to avoid them, you know, uh, the, the center pivotal point between yin and yang might be called the Tao. But do we necessarily want to live right in that center point? No, I call that the comfortable gray space. Um, no, um, we want to, our lives want to be full. But, and we, we want to experience uh, the extremes of, of the yin and yang, what I, I refer to as the bliss and the abyss at their extremes. But, you know, our, our lives are fuller through, and, and we learn through the experiences that we, we uh you know, we, we, we accumulate there, but it really it really is how we re- respond to them and what we learn from them is the great lesson. Not to avoid the hard times, the hardships, the abyss, and not to seek to constantly be in the bliss. You know, that isn't necessarily why we came to this earth, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I Very well put. Um, there's so much interesting um, nuances that exist in the in herbal philosophy in general when you look at the different herbal philosophies or the medical philosophies and just the health perspectives of even the ayurvedic wisdom um chinese wisdom and all the different cultures around the world but for some reason me personally i honed in on chinese uh herbalism not necessarily tcm traditional chinese medicine um although i i understand its application but I was more preferential towards the Taoist thought and the Taoist philosophy because for me that seemed to actually encompass the essence, the the true core quintessential substance um, in the three treasure idea and all that to me just – it kind of awoke, it invoked an intrinsic – essence within me that had always been there but I didn't necessarily know what it was or how to how to kind of like uh, channel it how to navigate it but once those ideas were availed to me things made more sense so maybe for the listeners as we traverse through this conversation what are what is the Taoist philosophy in relation to maybe more of an allopathic or diagnostic um, traditional Chinese medical perspective? Yeah, good question, long answer. I'll try and be as concise <laughs> as I can. Um, okay, well, well, the gate of life lineage that we're in, uh, and I consider you to be an adept in this too, you know, that's where your, your direction is as well as mine. And yes, it is a very inspiring um, uh, uh, you know, uh, philosophy and, uh, you know, to, 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 to endeavor into learning. It was the first uh, overall uh, healing system that was developed in ancient China when the whole thing came out of, uh, you know, uh, these old uh, uh, folks who were living up in the mountains who had apparently attained immortality because they had discovered herbs that gave them 
immortality and, and elixirs of immortality. And this carries all the way down through Chinese uh, history and culture to today. If you walk into a Chinese uh, art goods shop, you'll find statues of Kuan Yin holding a flask, and that flask has got an elixir of immortality, is what, it's, what it holds. Uh, you will see lots of depictions of reishi mushrooms, uh, old wise persons walking through the woods with bags, you know, of herbs on their back, usually accompanied by a young apprentice because this lineage has always been a master to pupil, one-on-one uh, -on -one apprenticeship from throughout its history. Um, and so this was the first nucleus was the, these people who had discovered how to live in accordance with nature and that, that apparently they made such great discoveries that they did live very, very, very long lives and potentially immortal as is uh, in Chinese fame. Then what happened was as the Chinese dynasty started to arise out of this, the emperors and empresses that came up, they were the rulers of the dynasty, said, hey, I want to have, have some of that immortality. Go find me a couple of those old folks <laughs> down here and help me get them. I want to drink their elixirs. So these, uh, you know, these uh, legions of, of soldiers and other, you know, were sent out to find the immortals in the mountains. Uh, then uh, sometimes some of them came in and, and said, "Well, I'm a I'm a wizard and an alchemist and an herbal master." And maybe they were, maybe they weren't. And they got integrated into the uh, you know, imperial uh, dynasty into the into the quarters there to become the the healer for the emperors and empresses, and they came to be called Fangji. I wrote a book about this called Elixirs of Immortality. It has all this in there, um, and you can get that on my website, shamanjackherbs.com. But the Fangji were wizards and magicians and healers and herbalists and alchemists and all this, and uh, who knows whether, you know, but, but this whole uh, uh, search for Elixirs of Immortality started to actually become embedded in Chinese culture, in their, in their religious culture and everything. And so little by little, this turned into an intellectual pursuit. And so after a while, empresses and empresses and those of the imperial class started to encourage, you know, people finding elixirs that could give them their so-called immortality or their long lives, give them their sexual potency, give them their beauty and all these things they wanted. Um, and so it became an intellectual pursuit. So the next thing you knew, um, in Peking, there were um, cafes open all night where young people would, would talk scholarly ideas about health, and it started to become a medical system. So then a lot of uh, thinkers and, and, and brilliant people started to interject like the, the idea of the five-organ meridian, the five-organ uh, and the five-elements system and the, the, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the eight extraordinary channels and all these things become really complex. And that got built into this system. It started to become labyrinth with uh, you know, technical details. And, um, and then by this time coinciding, Chinese society started to get you know, concentrated in cities. And so you have disease and sickness show up because people are suddenly living in concentrated places without as much, uh, you know, uh, uh, protection against the various mm -hmm. elements. And people, people were getting uh, a disease and, Ill, and illnesses start to show. So suddenly these Fangji and these healers are suddenly needing not just to seek how to have a perfect life of spiritual peace and immortality, but also help people with their sickness so they started it started to move toward a medical system that became really complex and little by little throughout time there were doctors who came in who sort of weeded this out and harmonized it all down Li Shijian was one in 15 uh, 1580 uh, 1578 I think it was he um, harmonized the whole medical system down but then it was when Mao Zedong came in and Mao Zedong and the Chinese uh, communist government said well we want to um, take all the superstition and uh, out of this and make it a bona fide medical system so that we can compete with Western medicine and be, be uh, appreciated. <laughs> and so uh, like reishi mushroom and some of the more uh, shin and the more tonic herbs were uh, – reishi was actually taken out, purged, taken out of the Chinese Materia Medica or out of the Chinese Pharmacopoeia. And, um, and then um, you know it, it started to change to be toward more of a medical system, which is today's TCM. Now, you know, I don't mean to downplay TCM because it is an amazingly brilliant, vital system of, of uh, bona fide medicine. And within that system, there's still a major emphasis placed on the spiritual aspect of the whole system. And, and tonic herbs are used pretty extensively still. I mean, I've gotten gone and gotten formulas from Chinese doctors, and there were always tons of tonic herbs in there. Um, but I think what, what uh, the real difference that became that between the way you and I think in our lineage and those, are, those of us who are interested in the gate of life lineage and current TCM is that TCM uh, proposes that tonic herbs alone, when taken alone, do not uh, cannot cure things or heal things. They, they might even 
drive problems further in. This is this is we believe this to be erroneous in our in our uh, lineage. We believe that tonic herbs can be uh, used to correct Im- imbalances, but the thing is that we're not going to the symptom. We're going to the root. You see. And so the more, again, that we study the, the root, everything, in the yin and yang, in that place of homeostasis called the Tao, and then the symbiosis starts to make sense. And then we do start leading toward the root of our health, which is pre- essentially preventative. And that's where the tonic herbs are. Mm, that was an incredible explanation. Um, yeah. Thank you. <clears throat> I... Moving on that track of thought, you know, we hear this word tonic herb all the time and, you know, it's a very – it's it's kind of like passed on, especially in my generation, my culture. It's very it's very quickly passed on um, what a tonic herb is, what a quote-unquote inferior or medicinal herb is and those kind of classifications. Uh-huh. What it, but I'm curious, what is your personal definition of what constitutes a tonic herb? Uh-huh. Well, I don't have a personal definition. I definitely defer to the traditional definition of it, mm-hmm. which is there are three criteria that define a tonic herb. One, it must be found to be safe for regular daily use, uh, to use as a kind of like a, as the way you're going to take a vitamin supplement, the way you're going to take a green superfood drink, or you're going to take a little chlorella every day. You know, It's like that. You, you know, so they're found to be safe for long-term use and, and more beneficial and cumulative over a period of time. Uh, the second criteria is that they must benefit more than one of the body's organ meridians. So there's five organ meridians. So it must, uh, a tonic herb must be beneficial to more than one of them. Um, and it must benefit more than one of the three treasures. So, for, for instance, Shizandra benefits all three treasures. Shizandra benefits uh, Jing, which is the reproductive essences, and physically, the, inte- the integrity of the genome and physical matter. Chi is the flame of life that, 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 that propels evolution and shin is what we're learning from all that and those are the three treasures so tonic herbs would have to tonify more than one of those treasures and more than one organ meridian uh, so say it would have to be good for the liver and the kidneys or something like that the third uh, criteria is that it must have what's called a dual or multi-directional energy that is it it doesn't have a, a, a uniquely stimulating or, um, or um, a relaxing effect it has an effect that winds up having adaptogenic effect uh, between the sympathetic and parasympathetic forces mm. in the body, you know, nervous to, to balance out nervous response and circadian rhythms and all that. And so uh, then that is so because of that, all those very very uh, you know those are those are uh, very uh, concise and, and those criteria are hard to achieve. But because of that, there's only about. 60 herbs considered in the world to be found that are considered tonic herbs so far. The rest, there's a, a large array of herbs that are considered what you had uh, what you had uh, quoted as an inferior class. Um, and they are what you would think of a lot of our, our more medicinal herbs that we know of, like mint. Mint is a cooling, calming herb. Uh, you know, valerian is cooling and calming. You know, ephedra is not a tonic herb. It's stimulating, drying. And so they can be used when there's an imbalance, when somebody's too wet, too cold, an herb like that is warming and stimulating can be used, but if somebody is hot uh, and it uh, has inflammation and uh, you know muscle aching and, and uh, uh, frantic behavior and all that kind of thing, then they would want herbs to that were they're more yin in nature to, to cool them down. So you would use an herb like uh, Ophiopagan or, or uh, Dendrobium or something like that, which is you know are more uh, calming and less tonifying. In fact, Ophiopagan and Dendrobium, to use those examples, those are those herbs are very close to being tonic herbs, though. <laughs> they're mm. they're wonderful herbs. So, and then mm, and then there please. is a the third criteria. Uh, they're called simply called the poisons, and they're used very carefully and homeopathically only by very knowledgeable Chinese doctors. We don't even fool with it. Okay, so like something maybe like a detora would be classified in that. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And uh, some metals and things like that that are used, uh, like um, I don't know, uh, they're used they're used um, homeopathically for their energetic imprint, like uh, arsenic or something like that. You know? oh, the same I see. way homeopathy uses that. You know, that stuff's been homeo- the homeopathic principle's been used in China for thousands of years. 
do they do they use that um in tcm or is that kind of rooted out homeopathy it's still, it's still used but probably just in china and by very very knowledgeable mm. uh chinese doctors because um what I'd, I've re- one thing i really want people to know is that the chinese medical system and one of the prime or very very top uh uh rules is uh safety you know and uh they they they're they're far more to them it's much more important to try and, and reduce side effects reduce the effects of side effects and uh, rather than just uh you know use one uh re- one uh um relief effort to cause another problem you know uh, <laughs> yeah that's that is so interesting i um it's kind of a a, a a core distinction between the Western model, which is pretty much like we're going to kill something. It's kill, kill, kill. You have an infection. We're going to kill that. You have a, a mutated cell. We're going to kill that. We're going to radiate it. We're going to we're going to surgically remove it. It's it's very invasive, and there's no real consideration that i can tell that's placed upon the holistic nature of the body definitely not of the spirit or the well-being of somebody's mental state um so so you have prescription medications or antibiotics which you know i i personally um in my experience um working with doctors and in that environment many years ago um my my experience has actually shown me that there is actually the, with the exception of maybe a kidney or urinary tract infection there's really no reason for that um but i won't go on that tangent but even if somebody say they do something like that and it is helpful up front it creates a cascading effect of imbalances where what I'm hearing from you from an Eastern perspective is that we want to minimize the, the Hertzheimer syndrome, quote unquote, or we want to minimize the shock effect. So we work with the body's holistic, um, nature. So it works, it works with all the healing faculties of the body. And, um, I just want to conclude this thought with this and segue for you. Um, to me, Herbal wisdom is essentially the art of nourishing life force. Yeah, yeah, good, well put. Uh-huh. That's it. But uh, I think the beautiful thing that we've um, discovered and that we're helping to promote and that other people are discovering is that this pre-Daoist system that we're talking about here was the first to discover this and certainly uh, is the most in-depth and deep uh, glimpse into how about how we do that. You know, how we live according to nature. You know, allopathic medicine, the word means against nature, you know. so Is that I, what never, it means? I never I, knew I, that. I've, I've never tried to develop a word, you know, for our, but we might call it you know, intrapathic or uh, something like that. <laughs> you know, where we're working with, with nature. Um, everybody can get along. You know, but the thing is that when um, microbes proliferate in the body or whatever it is, it's the root of the diseases we see, uh, irregular cells and, uh, you know, blood junk and things like that, yeasts, um, they live with us. They're always there and they can live with us symbiotically. Um, if we're living according to certain natural principles, they, we can house them and create a little fort for them and they're, they're happy and we're okay. It's only when we lose connection with nature that they proliferate mm. and what they're actually try, trying to do they're not trying to but they're the, the message we get from that is hey you got to clean house man you got to rebalance and um and so when we talk in terms of this Hertzheimer syndrome um sometimes when we begin the rebalancing process if things have been if things have been allowed to get out of balance they say we've been eating a lot of sugar you know and drinking coffee and all these things um, when we ver- when we first start to turn the scales around and take some kind of a supplement or maybe a cleanse program or something that we want to uh, reestablish, uh, you know, the homeostasis in the body, uh, there can be a tumult at first, and, and uh, this is almost inevitable. Depending on how dirty a person is, so a person's going to go through that Hertz syndrome, Hertz Hertzheimer syndrome, which is called a temporary healing crisis in medical uh, Chinese medical terminology. It's it's uh, it's going to happen, but what I always say to people, you know, when, when they start a cleanse or start to, uh, you know, get on this track, usually it, it needs to begin with a cleanse of the body, 
and uh, and and I and, and when people come to me and say, "Man, that that I felt like shit," you know, on that cleanse, right? I say, "Oh man, I don't say congratulations, but I'm like thinking, <laughs> oh wow, because you really that means you really needed to remove some stuff, man. Mm. You know, our job is to help them get through it at that point, you know." Mm, absolutely. You just touched on a really potent um, uh, thing. I want to I want to dive into with you. Um, you know, I I we were talking a few hours ago, and I had mentioned this idea of of candida consciousness. How certain infections yep. can actually almost take over somebody's mind like a remote control and cause them to yep. express erratic behavior. Um, I call that like a hypoglycemic impulse, um, where, (laughs) where they, they can't actually, they can't anchor themselves. They can't ground themselves. They start to erratically behave. They're irritable, impatient, unless they feed that beast. And, um, in Chinese, uh, philosophy, Eastern philosophy, there's a term called Shen disturbance, which I, I was like, Whoa, that's that is this that's like exactly what's happening. So can we touch on that? Yeah. Um yeah, we had discussed this a little earlier because um I developed a new product called Deep Cleanse. It's gonna be on Shaman Shack pretty soon, but I'm already selling it myself. People want to get in touch with me through Facebook. Um but um what happened was I uh, used a, a lot of classically used Chinese herbs for cleansing the blood, liver, and lymph, like scutellaria bicolensis and uh, coptis. And then there's some ginger in there, and there's herbs to move blood and chi, like white peony root. Mm. Um, um, there is, um, oh, God, a bunch of stuff in there. <laughs> and then what I did was I put eleuthero in uh, in order to kind of drive yang a little bit to, to you know help the body get the energy to push the junk out. It's a very sophisticated formula. It's very balanced, um, and it is actually winds up being a calming formula for me. Um and, and when I took it, uh, the first thing I noticed was the very next day, I didn't crave sugar. I went to eat something at this really wonderful um, raw vegan restaurant in, in the middle of a little bitty town in southern Pennsylvania near where I live. And I just found, I discovered this excellent raw vegan restaurant called Pure and Simple. It's got like reishi coffee and everything. And uh, I went in there and, and my, my pattern was to go in there and always grab a cookie off their counter and munch it while I was looking at what I wanted to eat. And then the day after taking my cleanse formula, I went in and said, yeah, give me that taco salad. And I went and sat down, ate it, worked a little on a book or probably just wrote or something or, you know, researched a little bit while I was eating. Left, I'm driving home and I go, hey, wait, I never ate a cookie. And I was like, I don't want one. And I just didn't want sugar anymore. It's like for me, after one day of taking this or two days, uh, suddenly sugar didn't taste good. I was like, man, you mean sugar doesn't taste good? I was hooked on sugar all my life. Mm. And, uh, and I had had some candida outbursts about, you know, in, in early spring. And each year I had to do a little cleanse to knock them down. Um, but but uh, this time, you know, I just felt this overwhelming sense of peace that came in. And I started dawning on me that, yes, I've heard a million times that these buggers are telling us what to eat. They're telling us, yeah, go eat that cookie, you know. Mm. And it's coming up the vagus nerve from the, you know, the, the nervous system mm. of the of the stomach into the brain going, I want sugar, you know, and, and you're just, you're just eating it because you're on autopilot. Um, and when you break that habit, um, you not only feel, uh, more relaxed, you've knocked some of these buggers out The cause, you know, they cause acidity in the body too. And a lot of junk to be in the blood. So that's going to affect your emotions. It's really going to affect how you feel about yourself, mm. how angry you might get it and how, um, upset you might feel when you're trying to do a cleanse irritable all that that's because those burgers you're 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 knocking them around down there and you're knocking them out and they're getting mad at first but when once you've um, successfully done this which I, I i feel really strongly about this deep cleanse formula of mine because the chinese have always been good with antimicrobial uh, you know efforts and um man i just felt like a sense of peace and suddenly i realized if we want to gain peace which we call shin, it's the third treasure of our lineage, is a, a peace of mind and a peaceful countenance, uh, sort of a radiant, you know, light. If we want to gain that, we've got to cleanse. We, we, and, and, and so cleansing uh, successfully is a shin, produces shin, <laughs> mm. produces calm in our minds. <laughs> 
Let's yeah, that that has been my experience for sure. And so let's let's go into the direction of the three treasures because for me personally, I find um, this this philosophical teaching this as like a directive for my own expression for my own life day to day is you know how am i expressing myself how am i feeling what's the state of feeling that i am experiencing right now and i found that the more i dive into my own health pursuits and learning how to weave different um, perspectives as an educator, the three treasures keeps coming back up as like this really beautiful um, umbrella to put everything under. So for all the audience, yeah. let's talk about the three treasures and maybe even the practical implications that they have in our lives. Yeah, thanks, man. I mean, it is truly the most profound health philosophy that exists. I remember during the latter days when I was working with Ron Teagard and um, I started writing a book called Healing Thresholds, and I was trying to develop my own mm. health philosophy around this idea of thresholds of health, which is valuable in, 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 in its own right. But Ron would say to me, he'd say, Dean, just focus on the three treasures. It has all you need to know. <laughs> he would say mm. that over and over. And um, I, I almost fought it a little bit at that time because I was like I wanted to you know, exhibit some of my own my own ideas and all of it. But little by little it dawned on me, yes, the three treasures is uh, – just such a profound, profound philosophy, and if we can learn that and learn to apply how it, you know, how it applies to all our life as we experience it, then we're kind of like um, adding a little more rock, rocks to the top of a giant mountain. You know, we're not trying to build our own little, we're not trying to dig our own little dirt hill over the side somewhere. We're actually going to the top of a mountain to add a little more up there, and that's that's better when the mountain is strong and, and real you know <laughs> and so that's uh, I, that's the way i felt about this but the three treasures is the philosophy underneath our um, lineage of tonic herbalism the, the the three treasures are symbolized by a candle okay um, jing is the first treasure jing would be the wax and the physical matter of this candle so Jing is the physical matter of all living organisms. It is leaves, stems, sticks, arms, fingernails, eyelashes, whatever it is. It's the physical matter is Jing. And it is physical matter and its capacity to reproduce itself. Mm. So all of the sexual forces come into Jing. And so the integrity of the genome, what are we passing on to future generations when we eat junk food? What is happening to the integrity of our genetic material that, we, that our future generations will inherit. This, all of this epigenetics stuff comes under the category of gene. So Chinese were already studying epigenetics by 5,000 years ago and, apply, and finding herbs that protect not only ourselves but our progeny. You know, and This is important. In this world we're in, this polluted world we're in, we need to protect the health of our progeny and our, our offspring as well as ourselves. So everything we do this moment affects future life, uh, not only in our own family lineage, but everywhere, you know. And so this is all, Qing is that life itself, okay? Now, Qi, the second treasure, is sunlight. It, it is the light mm. of the sun, and the earth is essentially a storage unit, so the earth is a giant being, and, and the, the sun is hitting it, and the sun is causing evolution to go forward through the processes of osmosis and metabolism and all that. All right. Um, yes, chi is essentially sunlight, um, the force that prods evolution to occur so that jing is, builds upon itself. Jing is transformed. Uh, through uh, growth and decay and growth, regrowth. That is chi. So chi is, is um, in our blood, you know, um, the, the basic uh, uh, equation that uh, everyone one wants to ponder is uh, how does sunlight wind up in our blood? <laughs> mm -hmm. And that is a, a process that is governed by this force called chi. And she is then the governor of our metabolism through that. Uh, then, uh, so when we tonify, which means to bring into homeostasis and build upon uh, Jing and Qi through taking in food that has Qi in it, 
you know, food that still has the sunlight in it so that the body can utilize that uh, to, to propel uh, the enzyme activity and others in the body to produce uh, metabolism and growth and repair and all that and catabolism and everything else we need. Um, so when Jing and Qi are fortified accordingly, we can experience the third treasure, which is called Xin. Um, without Jing and Qi being fully tonified, it is hard for us to uh, truly perceive Shin because we would have, as we were saying earlier, we would have microbes getting in our way. We would have uh, the blocked flow of Qi in the body not allowing us to perceive as fully, not getting enough nutrients and oxygen and other things, factors to the brain, iron, you know. And so uh, without Jing and Qi being fortified, we cannot really truly perceive the higher state of consciousness. And so then the mechanism of doing that is to fortify Jing, which is essentially like uh, filling a sort of gold vault with uh, energy that we want to share for, we want to serve, uh, you know, store for later for future generations. And so um, a lot of the tonic herbs uh, uh, store or help us build up that Jing energy. And so those are considered the anti-aging herbs. Mm. Um we build up Jing, which, so we're using Rumania and Hosho Wu, and most of the tonic herbs have Jing in them, uh, Reishi, Goji, Shizandra, Astragalus, these herbs um, uh, do uh, put money into that gold vault for our future lives so that when we're older, we're going to be vital. You know, how many times have you heard somebody say to you, oh, I don't want to get old. You want, I don't want to be all decrepit and drooling and... I'm like, well, you don't have to be decrepit when you're old. <laughs> Could you imagine being old, but yet you're laughing and, you know, climbing the mountain to get your herbs, you know? Mm -hmm. That's that really living, you know? We don't have to just be youthful and young and think that we're experiencing life. No, because if as we age, we gain wisdom. So what a more beautiful life could we have than to be in, have lived a long life of the attainment of wisdom and yet still be vital, happy, and healthy. That's that's the perfect life then. All that we're doing now is prerequisite to that. So to change our view a little bit, the Jing is the preservation of that. <clears throat> Everything we're doing. So black foods are thought to go to, to, to fortify Jing. Black bean, black rice, black sesame, Osho, Wu, Romanius, Astonish, mm -hmm. herbs like that go to Jing. I have a product called Morning Jing that is all black foods on shamanchakherbs.com. And uh, I take that every day, and it really keeps me going. But I think that, uh, you know, many of us are in the raw food uh, field and are interested in living food. Uh, I am, but I know that tonic herbs, I have known this since, for now, for about uh, 12 years at least, that the combination of tonic herb, elixirs of tonic herbs and raw food really fortifies Jing in a way that we have a strong, youthful constitution. We are adaptable to stress. When stress comes along, we're like, <laughs> you talking to me? You know, we're not, we're not bothered, right? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that's what we need in this world. Stress is a real killer. Stress leaks Jing, they say. When we're under stress, Jing leaks out of the body via the adrenals. The adrenals are your portal that lets some of that gold vault be robbed. And stress is the robber. So that's all Jing. Now, Qi is, is found in a lot of the food we eat, those enzymes in the living food, plus many herbs, white atractylodes, astragalus, Jujube, Codonopsis, these herbs are said to fortify qi. So they warm the flame in the digestive metabolism and help to keep the spleen, the pancreas, and the duodenum and the digestive organs dry and warm and hot. So when we eat food, it's cooked down into a soup down there called chyme. And that is then ready to go into the intestines to be extracted and you know, pull all the qi and the energy and the nutrients out to fortify jing and give us energy for our daily energy needs. <clears throat> So the living food is so important, but the Chinese found that there are herbs that, that tonify qi too. When you put those two together, uh, you help someone. You can help someone with weight management, with uh, with women who are anemic or uh, you know just fortifying blood physiology and hormone synthesis and, and metabolism and catabolism are supported through using these herbs. So they're really wonderful to have along with our living food diet. And um, and so then if we fortify the body and its forces with these and these two treasures are strong we begin to radiate a light of confidence and what happens when your adrenals are really strong you feel safe right what happens when you feel safe you feel like 
sure, I'll go mountain climbing with you. I can do that. Let's yes. go, right? Right. You feel safe. Yeah, let's, let's, <laughs> let's go bike riding tonight. You're not worried, right? Um, you're open the curtains and the window and look out and look at the world and say, I'm going into that because I feel safe. What happens then? Your adrenals replenish and your light starts to shine because you're shining a, a radiance of optimism and positivity because you feel safe and empowered. Then you are radiating shin. And what happens is you become attractive and all, all life is attracted to the light. You become the light and all, all life is, so you become magnetic. And that's where famous people like stars, that's, that's their thing. Like Marilyn Monroe was loaded with jing and chi. Uh-huh. <laughs> she, was, she was literally like a light bulb that lit up when she walked into the place, right? Right. And, uh, and we can all have that kind of energy when we tonify the three treasures with tonic herbs, you know, responsibly put together by a knowledgeable person like yourself or me or other people that are in this field to help guide toward responsible use of tonic herbal formulas. Because just going out and taking a bunch of tonic herbs hodgepodge that doesn't necessarily work as well uh, as if you get into the alchemy of it and you learn the combinations. And that's where mm. you know, people like me and Ron Teagard and, and others are, are really uh, valuable in the world to help guide I mean, it's one thing to just say, "Hey, I'm just going to go take a bunch of astragalus," <laughs> which but, we which uh, we all do at some point. <laughs> <laughs> that might be fine, but really, the beauty is in the alchemy, and that's where yeah. some of the great wisdom of all the all the ages came down into. Like, well, when you combine cottonopsis with jujube date and porian white attractylodes, you get a combination, and you get what's called an entity of herbs that really does warm the middle jaw and assist metabolism in a really warm, nurturing way. Whereas none of those herbs in their own right would could be as effective. Mm. Yeah, you know, didn't the Chinese have a specific um, organization? Like they had the primary herb, the secondary, the tertiary herb. Um, yeah. And then they uh, there was a, and then there was the fourth one. I forgot what the the um, what the term was for, but it was like like. Um, I don't know. Maybe you can elaborate on that for me. Well, I always use the terminology, uh, the analogies they use of the, you know, the, the emperor and empress herbs and the right. sergeants and the generals and all that. Yeah. And so, yes, every formula will have an emperor herb or two, and then an empress herb, and then then the supporting cast. Mm. Uh, so, you did a formula for digestive metabolism, weight management, warming the blood and the spleen. Um, white attractylodes would probably be, probably be called a good emperor herb in that formula, and then poria would be an empress herb. So white attractylodes was called warms the middle gel, warms up the spleen, and then the poria is said to help transform the damp that's been causing the spleen oh. into chi. So that's the that's the uh, the feminine to take the damp and, and actually you know transform it and like use it in, in chi. So then the the masculine is to warm the whole place up, you know, mm. and uh, light the fire under it all. And then help the transformative element, and then you would have uh, jujube as the harmonizer. So that would be like a, a general, you know, in there is the important herb to bring them into harmony. So then it all becomes starts to become a wonderful uh, material medica of a, of a fabulous um, and exciting alchemy to learn. It really is, and that's the part that takes a person's whole life. But it, the, the process is just <laughs> so beautiful, you know, the unfoldment. Every day I wake up and I go, God, I feel like I just know. Uh, another, uh, there's another little facet on the jewel of what I've learned about the three treasures. Every day I wake up feeling like I've learned. There's that's one more little facet. Maybe that's just the, the act of waking that day and opening my eyes and looking is uh, a new facet. And I, 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 I'm just so excited to spend the rest of my life trying to get to the bottom of this unfathomably brilliant health system. That's incredible. I, I you know, I got these little these little goosebumps as you were explaining that. I kind of, and I could be off base here, but I kind of feel like when you use the phrase transforming the dampness that was left yeah. over, in my uh-huh. mind, I, I relate that to like, you know, we, we think of a damp wet spleen. To me, that's just like a swampy, dark environment, yeah. which, you know, what thrives in that? Like fungal infections primarily, right? Candida loves that kind of like swampy like environments very wet very like overly yin so i kind of feel like okay maybe that is that organism that infection being transformed being alchemized opposed to it being killed like you know does that that, yeah that's right it's um 
it's not, again, you know, we're not looking at that allopathic approach. We're looking at a symbiotic approach of a, um, take what's there and, and utilize it, you know. It, mm-hmm. it managed to accumulate, but it can still be used for energy. Right. Right. Wow. That, that right there, the art of nourishing life force, all life force, not just the ones that we think we want, but the, the symbiotic in, inner ecosystem of our body. And, and also to elaborate a bit on that, you know, uh, it's not just uh, the idea of taking a diuretic or something. Is, is, is right. The Chinese have seen through that because that could affect kidney function and uh, the water's body's water. What person could get dehydrated by those things? So it's more like uh, if we have excess moisture in the body, don't try and remove it through diuretic means. Um, actually, you know, find a way to warm the body so that it is essentially metabolized and used. Mm. Yeah, mm. and that really, I mean, I might might be a true crux. You know, uh, uh, dis- dis- distinction there with mm. the way that the Asians see health and the way Westerners see health. Mm. Beautiful. I want to do yeah. something fun with you, Romania. Um, uh-huh. I want to share my top five Chinese herbs as they're on the top of my mind, and then I want you to share yours and why. Okay. So when I think about it, Reishi is number one, the herb of spiritual potency, the great guardian, the herb of great, great fortune. I mean, geez, like that is number, you know, number one by far for me. Yeah. Um, and then and then after that, it's like Hoshu Wu, Shizandra, um, Cordyceps. Yeah, Cordyceps has to go in there. And then it's, it's like it, – depending on where I'm at, either – Astragalus, um, uh, there, what else was I was thinking about? Um, ginseng or, oh, eucomia, yeah. that's what I was thinking about. It's, it's one of those fits in there at any given time for me. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, I mean, those, frankly, if everybody on earth put all those together and made a tonic of it, it would be great. <laughs> it would be, you know, they're just playing good for you. Um, there are some minor distinctions that is the part that I think is really fun. And that is, um, again, the root of the whole philosophy behind what we do is based on the yin and yang. And so certain herbs are said, so certain of the jing herbs are said to tonify uh, uh, yin jing, yes. and other herbs are said to tonify yang jing. What that means is an herb that tonifies yin jing means it's going to be restorative and anti-aging. It's like putting gold in that ball for future use. And when you take an herb that fortifies Yongjing, it means it's going to allow you to draw some of that gold out for use. Say you want to, um, yes. right. you know, create a new child with your wife. You want the energy, the sexual power and the energy and the reproductive spark and energy. So you're going to pull, you're going to want to take Yongjing herbs. The great Yongjing herbs being a Sistanch, an Epimidium, mm. Eucopia, Eleuthero, you know, mm. uh, uh, the... Uh, you know, so th- these kind of Yongjing herbs. And then uh, Ron, Ron Teagarden uh, is purveyor of some uh, non-vegetarian type Yongjing herbs that are very potent, like ant, you know, polyricus ant, and uh, male silk moth, and deer antler, and these things. Um, I, I'm a, my company, Shaman Shack, we, my partner and I, my partner, Bryn Booth, and I decided to maintain, to stay strictly vegetarian in our uh, purveyances of uh, what we do. But um, the, some of the Yongjing herbs, like the animal parts and all that, are insect things are really potent <laughs> but uh, so the yongjing herbs are really important at a time when we need thrust and endurance to replenish the adrenals and all that we take yinjing herbs when we want to restore rebuild recuperate um, and help someone to uh, build up their vitality from that deep root place so the yinjing herbs are um, rimania hoshowu um, and dendrobium is a threshold yinjing herb Donghua is a threshold yinjing herb that fortifies the blood. Um, Shizandra is a yinjing herb. You know, Goji is probably right in between a little bit yin, a little bit yang, but mainly considered yinjing. Mm. These are really valuable because today most people have uh, their adrenals are you know are, are stressed from all the stress. Their adrenals are maxed, and so they really need. Um, Kind of a combination of yin and yang jing herbs. You can put these together in a formula. So a person, depending on their constitution, could have a, a formula that's primarily dominated by one, but it has the other in there, you see. Because when you look at the symbol of yin and yang, you see the two 
swimming teardrops, but there's a little dot of the opposite color inside each teardrop. So that means mm -hmm. that you, and that is the basis of our philosophy, is that image. When you're going to tonify the body, you never just go all yin or all yang. You always want a little bit of the other side in there, you know, or else you might throw someone too far into yang and too, you know, frantic energy, can't sleep and all that, or else you might throw them too yin where they get damp and watery and start to gain weight or something. So um, the, that's where the alchemy comes in. And so, you know, I have my favorites in each category, but definitely the over riding herbs that seem to tonify both yin yang and, and, and all three treasures is definitely a you know a stragglus uh reishi um there aren't many that go all the way up there goji shizandra and then from there there's the the you know the stars the secondary stars of the show like eukomia sistan shepamidian uh hosho wu romania they're they're right up there too um but for instance you know if you just took romania all the time you might get a loose stool, you know. It, it can cause mm -hmm. a little too much uh, yin, you know. And so, again, that's just where the beauty comes in and where, you know, your and my work and people in our field, we can help be guides to educate on this. And like you, you mentioned earlier, I do have an online course, gateoflife.org, that goes over all this. Um, but I'm sorry I got on a tangent. I, my favorite or would be a reishi, too. You know, I, I'm a big reishi I just think that if everyone on Earth takes it, uh, we will we will bring about the advanced race very quickly, and we're to you know into and I think evolution is necessitating that to come now. Uh, we can no longer continue to live in a larvae stage of, of blind consumerism. Of it. The Earth mm. went on, uh, so we're going to have to enter into more of a heart chakra phase, which is well, definitely the red race is showing itself to us. The red Ganoderma lucidum because that goes to the heart. And so we're going to open up a heart consciousness, which is about giving, sharing, giving back to the earth what we took. And that's where we, we are, the threshold that we're at. So everyone who takes Reishi is really getting on that bandwagon in a really beautiful way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, are, what, are, what would be uh, the other four on that list for you? My top four? Or, yeah, you mentioned Reishi. But I was curious, Reishi, like what? Shizandra, Goji, Hosho, Wu. Then I would throw, I would throw uh, Astragalus and Romani in there too. I'd try to do a top six. Yeah, I mean, I could have guessed Romania would probably be on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that herb. I love it because it's actually a complex herb. It's used in its pre prepared state and it's used in its raw state. In its prepared state, it's a tonic herb for the kidneys and uh, longevity. And it's also they call it the, the kidney's own food. So it's, mm -hmm. a, it's also thought to be a it's also thought to be a blood nourishing tonic. So it's very good for women. Blood. So is that the, the yin the yin jing part of it? The blood specific building? Yeah. Well, it also tonifies the kidney. It's a black herb, so mm -hmm. black foods are better to go to the kidneys. Kidney blood. Um, right. So it has a lot of all of denim and zinc and things like that, making it black. Which mm. are very important. Um, but um, the, all secondary or inferior herb is used for uh, to cool heat that's rising from the liver. So um, if you have a proverbial hot-headed guy who's trying to cleanse his liver, you can put raw, raw, raw Romani in it. <laughs> but if you have women with hot flashes, that's that's a, a form of rising heat that can mm. be helpful. Acne is another thing that can be helpful. With that. So it's a really important herb in the medicinal system. So um, it's just a, a really wonderful herb, you know, in its complexity and uh, I just, uh, one night I was in a, a sweat bath with David Wolf and Carrie Dancing Butterfly in Arizona, and uh, uh, she held out a, Carrie held out a shaker and said, anybody can make an, a declaration, and I grabbed it and said, oh, my name is Romania. It just happened like that. <laughs> 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 I, had, I had thought about it. <laughs> wow. So that's what it was. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So good, so good. Yeah. Um. Hmm. As we're as we're reaching that final that final few moments, um. What what about your work, your perhaps your mission in life, and in its relation to? health to your your dedication to the Chinese herbal teachings anything anything at all really 
what would you like to leave the listeners as a as a message moving forward for them? Thanks, Ronnie. Well, uh, really, just thanks for letting me speak, and thanks for being there, and, and that you're interested in learning all this too. And uh, and we have both conveyed that it is a fascinating system that is there for all of us to learn. This is not um, a uh, intellectual and disciplinary challenge at all. It's actually a art form that is lovely and wonderful when it is unveiled in your life. It is a jewel. And um, it's not about how do we, you know, fix the carbuncle on our toe. You know, it's more about how do we unveil our lives and live fully. And, uh, and each day, the more you learn of this, you realize that this is a jewel of unfathomable wisdom. And one that should be protected to some degree, you know. Um, it's um, I, I I didn't you know feel real comfortable when I was first bringing out tonic herbalism. That I felt there were some people who were just trying to capitalize off of it, and I didn't really care for that too much. I, I thought, okay, let's let's make sure that it's understood that this is something that is a jewel. We want to learn it, protect it, want to live with it, um, and. Um, let it soak in, you know, for a long time, and the wisdom will really come. Each day there will be more. And pretty soon all life starts to make sense. Everything. Why is this? Mm. Why, do antag- why are there antagonistic elements against the forward movement of, of our better good? Why are there people who still are, are fighting um, keeping an old system intact that is, is now redundant and, and even dangerous to stay with. It's because nature requires an antagonist. Mm. If, there weren't, if there weren't an antagonist element com, com built in to uh, the, the, the messages of life, then life might roll forward too, too wild. You know, it might be life might right now, if there weren't something holding and, 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 and wanting life to, to, to be more dedicated in its, in its integrity to go forward right, then maybe life would just by now and become a giant squiggly ball with a bunch of arms trying to grab something. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and so, so yeah, you, you kind of, you look at the antagonist, and the antagonist is, you know, the current human civilization. Is needs we need to shift, and we know it. You know it. Everyone who's listening to this knows it. And everyone, every day, more people wake up to know this. And we go, well, then why can't we just do it? Well, every day that that force pushes against the change, what does it do? It makes the change more dedicated, more determined, and it gives us more time and energy to figure out exactly how we're going to make that change. So mm-hmm. evolution progresses according to a a, job, a grand plan. And so have faith. Don't worry. Yes, we live in a precarious world. We're worried about the environment. We're worried about human health. But I, when I wrote my book, The Hussein, my novel, I, I was despondent at the time. And the messages that I got through that were that, no, we're on a timeline. Um, and an organism has to go through an immature phase before it reaches its mature phase. And that is built into its genetic material from the moment it's born, the moment it's conceived. You know, the larvae stage and its progress through the pupa and the, and the metamorphosis into the mature, winged, beautiful creature that gives, a, that, that gives us a ballerina show in the air, hmm. all that is built in. It has to go through that early stage of, of blind consumption in order to reach the recapitulation of all of its uh, memory. And, and and reveal itself in its plumed beauty. And we are we have to go through that too as a as a species. And so have faith that I do believe we are at that threshold where we are in a pupa stage of recapitulation of our past. And you know what that is? It's the internet. Yes. When the, when the internet was created, we created a, a metaphoric form of fungal mycelia that connects us all to each other now. And uh, and now we share, we're sharing and recapitulating all of the wisdom, accumulated wisdom of the world, all the Native American wisdom, all the herbal wisdom, and all the future, and all the current technology. It's all there for us to see. This means we have, we have created a vast brain, one brain, to share 
And that means we are ready to evolve now in this higher state because we can heal the world very quickly and ourselves with all of these wonderful tools by sharing this knowledge. And so have faith that we are on a trajectory. Mm. Uh, That resonates with everything that I teach, everything I continue to cultivate inside me as we do move forward on this trajectory and so much of it seems unknown it seems it's very easy to get locked into the pathology of fear and get hooked into the doom and gloom and the alarmist mentality but to anchor it back into that that dynamic homeostasis that dynamic equilibrium where your shen is fully expressed through the anchoring of, you know, your beautiful explanation of the Jing and Qi energies. That's, you know, I just can't get away from it. That's why the three treasures is so profound is because it's implicable to every single aspect of our physical experience is that if you can get to that kind of the metaphysical layers a little bit and see the holographic nature of of our life and what we're doing here it becomes so clear like a crystal so obvious that it's actually just the hero's journey we're just playing out some 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 story and like you said if you didn't have an antagonist how could you ever become the protagonist (laughs) yes exactly that's it right (laughs) but uh if do i have a minute to admit absolutely please well okay now, Jane Banyos, a, a microbiologist, was talking about this at, uh, at Bioneers, and she said um, that when the larvae of the butterfly, which is the you know the caterpillar in its first stage, when it, it is it is uh, finished that stage, it regurgitates all of its memory within its proteins, and it wraps itself in them in this in this uh, chrysalis, right? Then what she said was that once the uh, larvae is inside the chrysalis, it, it's all of its cellular structure breaks down, its outer uh, stuff. Um, uh, it's the walls of its, outer, you know, of its outer skin break down, and it turns into sort of a, a jello-like material in there. And then uh, what happens is that the first cells of the mature stage, uh, the butterfly stage, start to appear. Uh, when those first cells start to appear, the immune cells of the larvae stage start attacking. The, these mature cells, as if it's something it's afraid of, it doesn't want change, it's, it's, it thinks it's alien, you know? It's used to things the way they are, right? Yes. And it doesn't want any change. And so when the mature cells start to come in, there's a battle that takes place inside the organism between the forces trying to hold it back, forces of the old and the forces of the new. But here's what I gained from this. When you look at life, the organism, the, the cells representing the new must prevail. They must. <laughs> yeah, because life wouldn't exist if they did. Wow. So then you say, okay, life is stacked in favor of change and evolution. So why is the antagonistic cell there? Just like we said before, it's there to possibly weed out the weaker of the cells that come up in the mature so that only the strongest cells emerge. So it's a biological imperative. But also to create a sort of a, a, a template where, you know, the organism needs to, to create a kind of a dedication to, 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 to survive, you know? Mm. And so that's where we're at. Mm. It's that's, that is, that's amazing. Is that that simple truth is that it actually, nature has to prevail. We have to actually prevail because it's a biological imperative. It's, it's actually just part of the way it's always been. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah we're, we're just part of an ongoing parade. Wow. So, I, yeah, I have, I have absolutely no anxiety about that idea whatsoever. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much, Romania Dean Thomas, for coming onto the show, sharing your experience, your knowledge, your, your very in-depth knowledge based and i can tell so much of it is so based on not just the study but the application well i already know that but i'm um, just diving into the finer nuances of this subject for me and all the the 
people that follow this podcast and all the people that will follow this podcast and find this interview. I'm so excited for all of all of all of you listening. So thank you for coming on. Oh, um, by the way, um, where can everybody find out more about you? ShamanShackHerbs.com is my company. Um, uh, I'm Romani Dean Thomas on Facebook. I actually love to communicate with people. Um, uh, I actually take pride in really getting back to people. And um, I, At this point in my life, I still have the luxury of being able to just to communicate right back with people. I really like that. I hope I never lose that, you know. Um, and then uh, my online course is gateoflife.org. Mm. Absolutely. I think um, very soon here I'm going to personally enroll into that because um, it just feels like it resonates so much and that's just an incredible educational portal. So I'm definitely yep. going to do that. I encourage all of you that have taken interest into this subject, um, definitely, definitely jump into that. Um, Great. Oh, there we go. So, Yeah. Well, thank you, man. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you. All right, everyone. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the official Ronnie Landis podcast show and our wonderful guest, Romania Dean Thomas. Check out his links, follow his work. And until next time, we will be here just doing what we do, bringing, bringing incredible interviews incredible thought leaders and just really bringing all this incredible information and wisdom to the forefront and until next time aloha